1: Thank you, Matthew Arter. Welcome back to another show. It's another week. Thank you for downloading and pressing play. I am already on the zoom with Matthew and we are ready to go with one of our special between season episodes. Hi, Matthew.
0: I think we should call it a betwixt episode. A a betwixt betwixt, episode, perhaps? a, A betwixt special betwixt episode special. Okay. I just like to work in betwixt anywhere I can. Mm-hmm. I just like to work in a Twix bar anytime I can, because, God, those are
1: so freaking good. And I may have uh, eaten a few too many of them uh, from Halloween candy stashes. That were not mine, I will say, in my defense. It was not my candy that I bought. It was other people's. But we're in November go, now. You
0: didn't we- go trick-or-treating? I didn't, I was working at Sleuths, but what did you do for Halloween? Did you trick or treat? No, I haven't enjoyed Halloween. I've been diabetic since I was 10. So Halloween was ruined for me as a kid and.
1: But Matthew, something that you are going to get to enjoy is answering questions from our listeners. I sent out word through the Patreon to the Tutti Fruities; those are the people who support the show on Patreon, and said, we're gonna do some uh, interstitial, I'm sorry, some betwixt uh, episodes. And uh, I thought it would be fun to give the Tutti Fruities the opportunity to ask us anything. I said, I would not promise we would answer them all in case they asked us something cray cray, but uh, the questions are all pretty good. So we had a few of them write into us and I thought this would be a nice Uh, episode for us to tackle some of these questions and answer some of the things that are on the minds of our
0: beloved listeners. If any of the questions are, why is Matthew so unpleasant? I am out. Well, this
1: has been fun. And uh, I think we really need to look ahead to next week and better things. uh... (laughs) No, all of the questions are actually quite lovely. The, the We have, our listeners are good people. How could they not be, really?
0: They are lovely.
1: Yeah. So you want to get started? Want to dive on in? Yes. Okay. I want to start with uh, MP. This person's first name is their initials. So MP is this person. Mm. Uh, and they were so sweet. They wrote dreading the end of the series. I love how you all recap the show. Isn't that sweet to think someone uh. is dreading I don't think I'm dreading the end of the series. (laughs) But uh, that's because I got two rough seasons coming up. Uh, But uh, MP asks, and actually another listener, Just Joe, both of them did ask, uh, are you going to pick another show to do on the podcast after we're done with Facts of Life? And uh, MP asked, would it be an iconic 80s show? And Oh, I have given this so much thought over the last three years, and you and I have had discussions about it. And I think the the definitive answer is that, uh, absolutely, one hundred percent, we can tell you we don't know. Yeah. Many people have said, "Well, do the Golden Girls? You guys would be great to do the Golden Girls." I counted no fewer than eight Golden Girls rewatch podcasts. On Apple, and I'm like, I we don't need another one of those. The reason why I picked the Facts of Life is because no one else had been doing it, no one else was doing it at the time. So uh, I felt like it had at least some type of a, a corner on a on a market and all that. But I've thought about um, Laverne and Shirley. That was really my mostest favorite show, but. Uh, for how much we complain that the facts of life isn't as good as we remember it being when we were kids.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Have you watched Laverne and Shirley lately? I never liked it to begin with. So that would be a tough, that would be a tough rewatch for me. What happened? It just, I remember we were sitting at work and, and you mentioned facts of life and like, I truly loved facts of life when I was a kid. Like it was my favorite, favorite show. And I had a neighbor kid and we would play Facts of Life.
1: Oh, and who would
0: you be? I would be whatever character was necessary for whatever scene we were playing. You know, oh, okay. I was usually um, Blair and Natalie, mm-hmm. um, but we would play it. I remember I had a friend at school and we would I would see them. And we'd be like, did you watch the Facts of Life? And um, it was on heavy repeat on like um it would be on like channel 55 in Fort Wayne at four o'clock or something like that. So it was kind of the perfect one. And I don't know that we found the perfect one that you and I both appreciate um, to the point where it's like willing to make that commitment again, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, knowing the time and effort that I needed to put into this for this deep dive which I I do not regret. I'm loving, really, truly still loving doing this. Now I have um, more educated eyes to look at possibilities. So it's like, oof, do I want to look at Charlie's Angels? I've been watching Charlie's Angels season one. And uh, again, it's like, this is just not Good. <laughs> and and that's an hour long. We would have every single week would be a three-hour fucking podcast. I, I don't know how I could <laughs> how I could not point out every little thing. I clearly am incapable of censoring that in myself. But uh, other possibilities. I talked to you about doing Wonder Woman. I still wouldn't mind doing that. It's only 78 episodes, I think, but there is another Wonder Woman rewatch podcast that had started, did one episode and then never heard from again. So I was like, Oh good. There really isn't another show out there doing that. Well, they just dropped a second episode uh, two weeks ago Mm. after a four year hiatus, just out of the blue. Oh, Hey, we're back. And these are people who are in the creative end of one of them, uh, wrote the graphic novel Wonder Woman meets the Bionic Woman like they're they're in the creative end and in LA they they should be the ones talking about the show and you and me going isn't our hair weird because it's a little longer this week than it was last week <laughs> I'm I, I just there's no way I could do anything remotely close to the quality of show that they do so <sighs> It's still an ongoing thing. Do not suggest mama's family. That's not going to happen. I'm already <laughs> vetoing that. Uh, what else have I not mentioned that you've maybe bounced around your head?
0: I have no idea, David. I have no idea what I've mentioned. I don't listen to myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I sure have not Yeah. Um, well,
1: This is great, though. Then we're we we are where we should be, considering this is the only show it seems you and I are that passionate about. I liked watching the TV movies. That is, I think, an untapped market, but it would require us to watch an entire TV movie. I don't know. So, there's the answer to the question. It's. "Mm (laughs) Okay. Let's see. What did uh, Rebecca T want to know? Rebecca T wrote in, do you enjoy today's sitcoms? That's a good question. Sitcoms are so different now with the Big Bang Theory going off the air. I mean, there are so few three-camera sitcoms out there now. Everything, all the comedies are all single camera. And I, I almost don't consider them sitcoms. Like when you say scrubs, I don't think of it as a sitcom per se.
0: Um, I don't have regular TV. So the chance to just sit at home and like turn on ABC and see what the ABC Thursday night lineup is. I have no idea anymore. So I don't have the ability to like just watch shows that i that are on regular TV. So I don't know what sitcoms are out there. Like I see commercials for stuff and I'm like, oh, I don't know, not really.
1: <laughs> uh, it just occurs to me that um, I watch stuff on Hulu. Like I'll follow up on that. And uh, I do like the Connors. I started watching it when they rebooted Roseanne. I was of course fascinated with all the reboots. I watched Murphy Brown. I watched a little bit of the Mad About You. And those were like, yeah, okay. I, I ain't going anywhere near Fuller House. I, I didn't, I managed to live my life without watching an episode of Full House. Not going to freaking watch Fuller House. But I think that, uh, especially since Roseanne has left the show, I think that Connors is a, a pretty solid sitcom. I like it. I think the writing is really good. I do like that there is a show that's back on television that does talk to the Midwest that talks to the working class people. Yeah, so that's, that's one that I like that I don't miss. I'm trying to think what else is in my my Hulu queue.
0: I watch um, Bob's Burgers. I watch that because mm-hmm. I think Linda Belcher is one of the greatest theme, <laughs> like mother characters, TV sitcom mothers of all time. I love her, him, um, it. A family guy has become unwatchable. I still watch it.
1: I can't, I don't, I don't, I wish I knew I st- how to quit it.
0: I still do too, but I, it's one of those like SNL. I watch it thinking, Oh, this is, I love this show. And then at the end I'm like, what? why, why, why <laughs> stop it? Just stop it. It's like South park. It's like, really? Yeah. Come on. Stop yeah, it. that.
1: I used to be faithful in South park. I've fallen away from, I'm just like, uh.
0: But I don't get The Simpsons. I've never watched an episode of The Simpsons. I don't get I Seinfeld. I
1: When I retire, I'm going to watch The Simpsons. I've decided that's going to be the thing. So it'll probably still be running then. But mm. um, yeah, so uh, it's a tough question, uh, I will say, uh, Rebecca, because uh, there is so much content out there. It's like, I like The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel that's a technically a comedy but it's i don't consider that a sitcom uh but i guess the broader scoping answer is yes there's a lot of contemporary television that i enjoy i'm loving the the morning show which is a drama the jennifer aniston reese witherspoon on uh, apple tv plus uh, i loved Schmigadoon, which is you know musical theater satire uh, I, I need to watch Ted Lasso. Cause everyone and their mother is telling me it's so fucking amazing. It had better live up to it. But, uh, Ted Lasso is I think next in line. Uh, but Ooh, I wish someone would turn off the fire hose of content out there. It's just impossible to keep up with.
0: Yeah. Well, and the things that come out, like I haven't watched any of that. Cause I don't have Apple TV and I don't even know how that works. So, um, I haven't watched any of the things that you just said, but like I'm reminded of like Schitt's Creek, which I loved. Mm -hmm. And then they got to season six and just completely shit all over that show and ruined it, believing their own press and writing for the audience rather than for the characters. And it just got to be the point where I haven't even finished the season yet. I haven't even finished the last season because I don't care about any of the characters anymore. They made them so ridiculous and I just don't care.
1: My thing with Schitt's Creek is that it's, uh, my viewing of it was spotty because it was on that ridiculous, what, pop network? It was in a place where it wasn't accessible. So you had to wait for it to be available streaming. So I'd watch it in chunks and pieces, parts. And then uh, when Justin lived with me, he was such a fan. He paid for the sixth season as soon as it was available for purchase before it was streaming on Netflix. I think it's Netflix. So I, I don't have as thorough a knowledge of Schitt's Creek. I've just watched enough of it throughout the whole series to know that I really do love it. And I did watch some of the episodes towards the end and the, the wedding, the finale and stuff, and I loved it. I thought it was great to me. Uh, thank God it, um, thank God it pulled away from Chris Elliott. There was way too much Chris Elliott in that first season. And a little bit of him goes a long way. And uh, only murders in the building, come on. There we go. Brilliant. There we go. Brilliant. Yeah. Jesus cannot recommend it highly enough. Great. And then other times I'll turn around and I'll just throw on, uh, you know, love it or list it or good bones on uh, homo gay television, HGTV. And I'll just throw those on just, that's kind of my, my popcorn, my filler watching, but yeah, a good, a good fixer upper with Chip and Joanna, I'm, I'm totally in. I like the renovation shows. And especially if it only takes an hour from beginning to end, because I renovated my house a few years ago and it took longer than an hour and I was really mad. So let's keep going, huh? All right. Rebecca also is asking, I won't ask if you still like the facts of life, but now that you've basically studied the show for three years, have you changed your favorite episode lists? Were there any surprises? Mm. I will say that the the season five episode, All By Herself, which was sadly the final Cousin Jerry show, uh, I remember being incredibly impressed with how good that episode was. Uh, I think it was Arnie Ellis who was my guest, but that was a really good, solid episode that I wouldn't have thought of before. Top still is Take My Finals, Please. That's just... That there is no better episode than that as far as I'm concerned
0: what was the question
1: (laughs) has your favorite uh list of favorite episodes changed as we've been going through it
0: my favorite episodes haven't changed but I will say that um see facts of life for me is like an it's like finding an old blanket that you just love to wrap yourself in. So I can literally put it on and watch and enjoy whatever episode. Um, I will say that it is watch rewatching them with a more critical eye. I will say that like one of the, I I never, I never disliked Tootie as much as I do now.
1: Oh, okay. I mean, sure. That's a thing. I will say that um, yeah we're, it's interesting how we're taking these questions and kind of morphing them a little bit into what we want to answer and uh, I'm not apologizing for that. I think the the bigger, broader what what discoveries have we made along the way is that um, yeah, Charlotte Ray as a comedic actress, the I've said it so many times it's I, I think that, you know, this has supported that theory that I don't think her comedic choices are nearly as successful as when she's asked to be a dramatic actress and play those really heartfelt, nurturing scenes. And, and at that point, she is just, I mean, untouchable. Yeah. So there's that. Um, yeah, we, we knew the Joe lesbian things are going to be happening. There was no surprise there. And, uh, yeah. I think
0: I mean the big thing also is like, you know, I never realized as a kid the inconsistencies watching it as a kid how nauseatingly perfect Mrs. Garrett is as a human, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um so there's certain things that go over your head as a kid that um that hit you in the face when you watch stuff as an adult.
1: All right, moving on. Um David, you've
0: comedy gold so far, David. Yeah, I know.
1: (laughs) We are hilarious.
0: I'm handing you brilliance right here. Uh huh. David, do you follow ages
1: of actors and characters on all shows that you watch, or just this one? Okay, Rebecca. All right. Thank you, Rebecca. (sighs) Um, in fact, I I don't I don't follow the ages in terms of track them season to season and do all that. But I do pay attention to any time an actor's age is mentioned because remember when we were kids and we were like, God, that person, that adult playing the parent is so old. And you look back, I mean, hi, Brenda Lee on the Disneyland summer vacation party. where we're like, who is this little old lady? And it's like, she's 41. <laughs> So I'm always fascinated, like in the middle of a, a, you know, a Frasier episode from season five, I might stop and go, how old was Kelsey Grammer here? What is that? And, um, you know, that comes up. In that early season of the Golden Girls, when Estelle Getty is on the phone to the call-in advice show on the radio and says, yeah, I have a question about my daughter who's 55 years old and still lives at home with her mother. And I'm like, are are you talking about B Arthur? That she is fifty five in the early. C- season? okay, uh, okay, yeah, fine, but got it, got it. So, um, the answer is no. I don't track it as much, but yes, I absolutely pay attention. If you went through the history of my Alexa and my Google, it is just always, you know, Alexa. What year was Ruth Buzzy born? In That sort of thing. So Rebecca T. ended her message saying thanks and enjoy the break. Thank you for sending in your questions, Rebecca. Uh, Let's move on to Ryan C. Ryan C. had wanted a few things uh, answered. Uh, He asks, uh, this one's going to be fun. Since I know you're both actors, if you were ever to be a part of Facts of Life live on stage type of theater show, Mm-hmm. What episodes would you specifically want to tackle? What part would each of you want to play? I suppose guest roles would count. I love this question. Um, oof, I, I would be. It would. It would be for me. It would have to be one of my. It would have to be take my finals, please, because you wouldn't need more than one set. It would only have to be the bedroom. I'm, I got my producer's cap on now. When I'm thinking, well, how expensive is this production going to be? Are we are we getting uh, equity for this, or do we have to go non-union? Uh, Think
0: fringe show, David.
1: Okay, where you've um, got
0: a black box and a and a stage light. <laughs> <laughs> um, Take my finals, please. Would probably be the best one to do. Mm-hmm. I would want to play Blair just because I'm. I have legitimately modeled my drag character after looking like Blair Warner. Mm -hmm. So I sent you that pic with my, with my Blair hair. You got your, your Blair hair cascading. That wig I don't wear because it's so heavy and so unruly, but, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I don't know who I'd want to play because. uh, David, you can only play Mrs.
1: Garrett. Come on. But, but physically, I'm the wrong type. I wouldn't. I would
0: be like, again. and I'm I'm six foot one and weigh what I weigh. I'm physically the wrong type to play Blair. We're men, for Christ's sake. Okay,
1: I I don't know that I could sustain my my shitty little Mrs. Garrett impression forever. I'd want to be Mr. Drummond doing the guest spot on the pilot with all of the girl. I would, it would be a cast of thousands with Nancy and Molly and Sue Ann and Arnold and Dana Plato and I would be Mr. Drummond. That's the part that I would want to play.
0: If you did take my finals, please, you as Mrs. Garrett would be like show stealing for God's sake, just by your walk-ons and your, your line delivery and then your your walk off i think you could steal the whole show as mrs Garrett.
1: that's really a natalie show if it's take my finals please and it says pick up it'd be like i want to be natalie natalie was on fucking fire on that show <laughs> jesus she's so funny ah so um that was ryan c who wrote in that um question and he ends it with cheers guys thank you for the weekly laughs no ryan we thank you for the weekly listens because if you're not listening there's no need this is this would be the tree that falls in the woods that nobody hears and uh, i would
0: like to do by the way i think it would be fun like if you were doing a theater thing a, a fun episode would be seven little indians
1: yeah i imagine that one would be fun what little i remember of it i probably should just put it on and watch it just to remind myself you absolutely should but yeah um little sidebar rebecca t did write. there was a guest on the podcast who was preparing for an extended job on a cruise ship just before covid hit is he okay did he get to go uh rebecca you are so sweet to ask about that that is justin schneier who uh, when COVID hit, his cruise job was just about to start, and uh, he ended up living with me for a year and a half, and he is happily now out on the ocean waters. He's cruising between Greece and France. He's over there in the, in the land of Europea uh, as an activities manager, and I think he's getting to do some performing as well he's doing great. He's very busy. He says it's a stressful job. It's keeping him insanely occupied, but he is loving it and he is hoping to do it for as long as they will have him. So yes, that uh, that story at this stage of the game. Absolutely did come out with a happy ending. So yeah. Other than he's my friend and he's not here and he's on a cruise ship. So I don't get to hang out with him anymore. Fuck that. Okay. And then some questions here. Just Joe sent a bunch of them, actually. And uh, first thing he puts is, uh, has either of you met any of the Facts of Life cast members? That would be a no. Um, you haven't either, have you?
0: No, but I would, I would lose my mind. Probably mm-hmm. like meeting, I, I would, I had the opportunity um, to meet Lisa Welchel a hundred years ago at Disney, but it just like the timing, she was there with her tour guide and like the tour guide was like, we're here right now. And I'm like, Oh, I'm over here right now with my guest. And like, like we, we we kept trying to synchronize, like walking by each other, just so I could like say hello, but it never, never worked out. And it's like one of those, like the man that got away situations. Like it was for the opening of, um, mission space (laughs) at epcot
1: oh yeah so that would have been in the 90s yeah Yeah. well uh closest i've ever gotten is that uh my friends paid kim fields to say my name and state that i have this podcast in a cameo video they got me for christmas (laughs) whether it registered and she remembers or knows that this exists i don't know and uh and i told you that the mondays with mindy people did uh, DM me on um, Instagram to tell me that Nancy McKeon was going to be on the show. Uh, I'm assuming it's part of her team and it wasn't Mindy. I did write back. So does Mindy want to be on my show? She has an open invitation. I wonder if it was Christian, her co-host.
0: Did you see if your message was seen?
1: I think so. Like I like I got a thumbs up or a you know a smiley face or something. I mean, a little part of me was like, is the response going to be, this is Mindy? <laughs> then I would have lost my shit, but I don't believe it was or is. Um, I mean, if it is, she played it cool. And uh, I had a brush with greatness and didn't even know about it. But uh, yeah, that's closest I've ever gotten. So um, yeah, we have, we have our close personal friend, Diana Eden, though. So yeah. she was in the room where it happened. And that's all that really matters, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Next question from Just Joe. If there was ever
0: a reboot, who would you want to play Mrs. Garrett? Oh, God. I know the cheese stands alone. Roseanne. How dare you? (laughs) I am against all reboots. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. They are just never, ever, ever, ever what you want. They are never. That fucking Mary and Rhoda reunion that they oh. did was painful. Oh Every, yeah. Every the fucking Ab Fab movie that we waited for fucking 20 years for was painful to sit through. And the Murphy Brown reboot was painful. It I'm was, sorry.
1: Yeah, it was yeah.
0: And it's just all it is is like you get these people and you're like, "Oh my god, it's going to be so good." Well, they're old. Yes, of course they're old. It was 30 fucking years ago. Mm -hmm. So I, I just I like I don't like them fucking with my with my memory of my, you know, like I said, Facts of Life is a comfortable blanket for me. It would be like somebody handing me a new blanket and going, so it's just like your comfortable blanket. Look, but it's brand new. And it's like, no, that's not my comfy blanket. Sorry, but it's
1: 40 years old and it's been sitting in a trunk up in the attic. And <laughs> so Dan Savage has a phrase that he uses, and I think this, this applies to you. Uh, he says, I reject the premise of your question. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm not rejecting the premise of the question, but I do agree with Matthew. I hope there's never a reboot. I know there was talk of it. There was, um, was it Justin Timberlake and Jessica Beale or something had bought the rights to it. There was talk of it. Uh, but it still never materialized. I would be okay if maybe on the heels of the Kim Fields holiday movie, why couldn't they do a reunion Christmas Facts of Life movie on Lifetime that Kim Fields could produce? They could bring all the girls together. And um, I, I wouldn't mind that. It, we came so close with that other movie and the reunion didn't happen and it was awful anyway. Uh, you light up my Christmas, but uh, yeah, who do we want to play, Mrs. Okay, so now, just Joe, I want to, I want to help you here. Mm. You and I are told it is happening, Matthew. There is a reboot of the facts of life happening, and okay. we get to pick who plays Mrs. Garrett. Okay. Um, Melissa McCarthy.
0: See. <laughs> just because I love her. I want Olivia Coleman to play it. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> cause I think she's got the sense of humor to do it. Um, cause she's so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's delightfully British. Um, no, that would be, that would be a good one. See it's difficult because in my head, I want to cast an old lady. You know what I mean? Because in my head, I'm a child watching an old lady play Mrs. Garrett. Yeah. Yeah. But the reality is, it would be somebody around my age. So <laughs> fuckers. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Charlotte Ray was 52 when she started the show. I'd be thinking right. somebody so, younger, younger than, than you. you. Oh, David, so much <laughs> younger
0: than you. Girl. Oh. Yeah.
1: Um, but, um, yes. But, and the thing is, a 52 year old woman in 2021, there is no woman. In Hollywood, that looks the way Charlotte Ray looked no. back then. Everybody has had work done. Everybody is living different lives and taking better care of themselves. Because um, I just checked with uh, my Alexa here, and uh, Melissa McCarthy's 51. The only thing is, Melissa McCarthy, you know, one of her big things is how well she improvises and how well she plays profane anger. I would love to see Mrs. Garrett become an angry den mother who takes no shit. That's it. I've decided. Melissa McCarthy, that's who my choice is.
0: What about Jennifer Aniston? She's 52.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What? Guys? What? No. Huh? What? What? Ross? Wow. No. Pheebs? Mom? Huh? What?
0: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the vocal stylings of Rich Little. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, and that is literally me doing Vanessa Bayer, doing Rachel. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. It's, it that's the, the difference is that, yeah, back then we had Charlotte Rae. Nowadays, the 52-year-olds look like Jennifer Aniston. Um, well, a great example was uh, Feud, the Betty and Jones story that wonderful series. And I'm not being ironic there. That's one of the best things I think Ryan Murphy has produced. And they're playing Betty Davis and Joan Crawford who were at the time considered to be old hags. They were about 52. (laughs) Playing them, Jessica Lange and Susan Sarandon who were both 70 Mm -hmm. when they were making the series. And they still looked younger than Betty and Joan, there were fewer wrinkles on their face. There's a lot more filler there, and I mean, it is so weird, but it's like it's true. Uh, uh, you know, a uh, 52, uh, you know, in the middle of the century, in this millennium, that's that's what a 70 year old looks like now. Anybody else who want to go? Let's get let's get let's get a little woke here, Matthew. Why are we only talking about white women? Maybe we could get like uh,
0: Octavia Spencer, Vivica A. Fox. She mm-hmm. can play Mrs. Garrett. Oh, oh, what's her? Uh, Sandra Oh. I don't know who that is. She's the
1: Asian actress who was on Grey's Anatomy. Edie Falco.
0: Oof. How old is she? Edie Falco is gotta be seventy. She's
1: fifty-eight. How dare Shut you? Up.
0: <laughs> Shut up. She looks like how?
1: Uh, <laughs> stop. Oh my god. It would be
0: tough for me to see. I'm sure she'd have fun with it, but it would just be tough for me to see her in a fluffy role like Mrs. Garrett when she's played the Sopranos and Nurse Jackie. And it's like, oh, and facts of life, needy falcon. <laughs> um the uh
1: yeah, Sandra O oh is 50, by the way. So we're all we're in the right age range here. And here's the deal Norman Lear has brought back live episodes of All in the Family, of the Jeffersons, of Good Times. And they were all fucking painful. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. I, I agree. Woody Harrelson trying to do Carol O'Connor. I I, I just and Woody
0: Harrelson is a wonderful actor. Yes. Uh, but, Stop it.
1: But yeah, putting and that's what a thankless job to say we're putting you into the iconic um role that was defined by another actor. Yeah. The person to me that was uh the revelation was Jamie Foxx doing George Jefferson. We were reminded what a brilliant sketch actor and mimic jamie fox was in his in living color days when they it, originally it's a knock at the door and it's like who is it and you just hear the voice and i was like holy fuck who is that i didn't even know who they had used for it but yeah jamie fox crushed it as as george jefferson vocally then he was doing this weird physical shit that was weird and Jamie Foxx is not four foot tall, like Sherman Hemsley. We had Jamie Foxx, his full height, next to Woody Harrelson, his full height. And it's like, oh, we we gain something, we lose something. But, uh, next question. Next question from Just Joe. Which of the Lost Girls do you wish were kept on the show? Ooh, I did not miss any of them. As far as Nancy, Sue Ann, and Molly. And, uh, who else did we lose? Cindy. Yeah, they were, they made
0: the right choices.
1: Cindy, (laughs) Molly, good God. Um, yeah. As far as knowing that when we get to the little chill, which is coming up soon, that's at the beginning of season eight. Um, we, we see where our girls have evolved as actresses and where they have not. We know that, um, the the ones that we do see which are all but molly ringwald i guess i i could have hung on to molly ringwald only knowing that she would turn out to be a a very good adolescent actress unfortunately the work on facts of life it was that i think it was philip nolan who just called it out as that super coached presentational child acting style so um yeah, just Joe. I think our answer is none of them. <laughs> yeah. We're out. Uh, other than Nell Carter, what celebs have you met that were a disappointment? Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do
1: you have some stories here?
0: Oh, this is what I have to think. Um,
1: I don't really I... have a bad celeb. Encounter and I have not met that many of them. You have so many more stories when it comes to this. I I I'll often
0: forget. You. I often forget. Like every once in a while I see someone and be like, Oh, bitch, I met her. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. um. Well, one of the other questions is who was your
1: favorite celebrity encounter? So oh B Arthur is your favorite.
0: It was everything.
1: Oh was yeah. Everything I wanted. How much time did you spend with her?
0: Um it- more off to the side a little bit, kind of an observer. observer you know what I mean? Than mm-hmm. one on one with her. But my favorite time when I went to see her was when I went to see her one woman show in, um, in, um, Melbourne, Florida, the so wonderful, which is known as God's waiting room, <laughs> <laughs> and, um. It was in this little black box theater the audience was full of hundred year olds that think that they're being good audience members by being quiet oh and b arthur was not having it like the minute she walked out to no applause oh no she was like she was like uh <laughs> like <laughs> you see the look on her face and she actually, I think, might have like kind of like looked to the side and rolled her eyes or something. Like, oh, here we go. I know where I am. Mm-hmm. But when I went backstage and she recognized me, and she goes, "Oh my gosh, She grabbed my hands, just like Dorothy's Borneck would. Like, she's very touchy. The way Dorothy, you like, you know, on the Golden Girls, you see Dorothy like grab somebody's arm or grab yeah. somebody's oh, sure. hand or put their hand on her face. She was that was very much B, and she go, <laughs> she grabbed my face in her hand. And she pulled me up to her and I could smell the vodka on her. And she goes, thank God you were here. You brought the average age in the room down to about 80. (laughs) (laughs) She let go of my face and was like, do you want a drink? (laughs) And oh, how we laughed. And I was, she was like, I knew it was going to be like, because even at one point during the show, she said, there's a line where she goes, um, she sings a song and she's talking about something. And she goes, and then there was Maude. And clearly that's a line for you to clap for.
1: Agreed. And yes. So she,
0: and nothing happened. She went, and then there was Maude. And she paused and looked out and said, are you going to fucking clap? <laughs> And like she tells jokes, and then like she's added to them. She's like, now that I've offended at least some of you, you know. (laughs) Um, But God, I just—it was everything to me. B. Arthur, Um, okay. Carol Channing was lovely Um, Mm -hmm. because I'm. She was one of the first celebrities I ever met, and like she, I told her I said I wrote you a fan letter a hundred years ago, and she said, "Oh, I do hope I wrote you," (laughs) and she had. So, those are the good ones. What was the, didn't you tell me that you, you
1: had, uh, to my great shock, you had a bad encounter with Tom Hanks? Oh, that motherfucker. Oh, uh, shit. And he is loved and revered. Yeah. So is Betty White.
0: So is Betty White. B. Arthur didn't like her. Yeah. But what was it? They were filming at the studios, they were filming from the earth to the moon which I lovingly called from the earth to the moon, Alice. Um, (laughs) And part of my job as an attractions host back in the mid nineties, our job was to block off the back roads of the studios when they shot off the fireworks, because you would get fireworks fallout. Those things are on fire when they come back to the ground.
1: Yeah. It's a safety protocol. It is required. And I think, I think it's uh, by law.
0: (laughs) And here's a little note. When you sign up to film at a theme park, there are certain things that go into that contract, like understanding that every day there's going to be fucking fireworks. So, we were literally like two minutes from opening the roads because after the fireworks, they send this um, like, you know, like a street sweeper, mm-hmm. like sure. those big trucks that go and because sweep the street ash and, everywhere. Yes. Right. And they pick up the big chunks of the fireworks fallout. So they've got this sweeper truck. His name was Sweeper Truck Lou, and he <laughs> would go in there like a bat out of hell and he would drive that thing and it would he would be done cleaning in like five minutes. And so the fireworks are over. And it's literally like three minutes or two minutes before we're going to open the roads. And out of the bungalows, Tom Hanks walks out with a group of people and I'm like, Oh my God, it's Tom Hanks. And, um, they come up and I said, as they were approaching, just because I'm, I'm, I'm standing there in front of a blockade. I, I, as they're approaching and they're approaching the blockade, I go, Hey guys, it's just going to be like two minutes. They're almost done sweeping up all the fireworks and Tom Hanks lost his mind and like took, I had a little walkie talkie back then because we didn't have cell phones. We had walkie talkies that we spoke to like started. Oh, 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 Mr. Disney man says we can't go here. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to stop us? And then he grabbed my radio off of my waistband Ooh. and like, and like held it up to his face. Like he was impersonating me like, Hey, um, I'm going to be in charge here because I've got a walkie talkie. Like he was just a dick. And so, yeah, whatever. I have something to bring up to him if I ever meet him.
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The only celebrity encounter I can think of that was a good one. Like I I don't really have any bad ones, but Uh, The good one was I saw Dana Carvey do stand-up back in 1986, like late 86, and this was early. Like, he had only been on SNL, I think, for that first year and that first season that he was on, and no one was watching because of all the horrible seasons that had preceded it. So the church lady was on. There were some of us that knew who she was, and it was kind of starting to pick up traction. And it was after that season closed out that people started to notice and go, Oh, honestly, that was good. That that Phil Hartman guy is good. Jan Hooks and John Lovitz is it's like suddenly a, you know, Dennis Miller, that that smart ass guy doing the news. That's a really different. Sassy point of view to, to take weekend update. So then it started getting traction, and that's when he got super famous. But at this point, he was still doing stand up gigs at Massasoit Community College in Brockton, Massachusetts. And uh, my friend Kathy Pesovich had been working the spotlights there because she was going to school there. So we bought tickets, but because she was part of the crew, she was like, I can get you backstage to meet him. So I went backstage with my programs. Uh, He was brilliant. He was hilarious. And some of the earliest of my dinner table humor was doing all the Dana Carvey stuff and doing Church Lady. That was huge in my comedy icebreaker arsenal when I was uh, in college. So meeting him was huge for me. And he was great on stage. Get backstage. He looks like hammered dog shit. He looks exhausted. Exhausted. He has five o'clock shadow that I swear was not on him when he was on stage. He had like two days of beard growth. He looked like he had been rode hard and put away wet. He had just put everything of his body and soul into doing this hour of standup. And he still let this spotlight operator bring her friend in. He signed a couple of my programs. And then, um, and she was like, he loves you. He's, he watches you all the time. He does the church lady and everything. And he was like, oh yeah, that's great. That's cool. Didn't ask me to do it. Thank God. Um, he signed the programs. It was great. And then there was this awkward pause where I, I kind of just was like staring at him. And there was this moment of, oh, what's And he was so gracious. He just said, well, it's great to meet you, David. Is there anything else I can do for you? And I was just like, no, 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 this is great. Thank you. You signed my my friend's program too. That's awesome. Thank you so much. It's great to meet you. I love you. And out I went. But yeah, he he saw a fan get starstruck in front of him, and he so graciously gave me the out to to leave it. So Dana Carvey will always be uh, good people in my book. And we have one final question here, also from Just Joe. And uh, I already know this one for you. He asks, what is your favorite musical? Uh. <laughs> we all know Miss Saigon for Matthew. that's yep. his
0: favorite. <laughs> I once saw an elementary school production of Miss Saigon so did you?: <laughs>
1: For the record, we know it's Hello Dolly.
0: I was in, an, my middle school did The Sound of Music, and I remember one of the mothers telling all the girls with their nun costumes on that for our cafetorium where we were performing it in, I remember this mother who was again, no business. I had done more shows than she had by that point. And <laughs> the, the, I'm a pro, bitch. The mom telling these little, like, Middle school girls in nun costumes. You have to look like streetwalkers or your faces will not show up. Oh, my God. No.
1: Maria, we are so happy you came to be with us here at St. John Benet's.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we've got all these nuns with bright red lipstick on and blue eyeshadow up to their eyebrows. Oh. And like no. mascara on and like eyeliner. It was like. <laughs> wow. And my poor mother sat through the entire five hour production. Jesus Christ. Wow. The sound of music stage version is painful to sit through. <laughs> and then they're going to sing How You Solve the Problem, like Maria at her wedding. I Fuck know. Fuck you, nuns. <laughs> really? You're going to sing while I walk down the aisle. You're going to sing, How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria? Fuck all y'all bitches. I'm getting <laughs> some D over here. <laughs>
1: uh, my favorite musical, there are too many. It's, they're all too different. It's, that, that is an exercise and anxiety. Just naming ones that I really, really am partial to. Um, I love Assassins, Sondheim's oh, Assassins. Shoot me in the face. Well, yeah, that's what they'll do if they do it right. Mm. Um, And uh, But I love Hairspray also. Hairspray is kind of awesome. The producers, good God, just genius, funny. If you're talking classic shows, old shows, uh, I'm a fan of Wonderful Town, a lesser known uh, musical by Bernstein and Comden and Green starring the wonderful Roz Russell, Mm. the dulcet tones. But it's a fun show, and it's got a ton of step-out roles and interesting characters, because it's about the, arts, the, the artsy-fartsy uh, environment and community of Greenwich Village in the 1930s. So it's, it's a fun show. I'd love to see someone do a production of it. I did one back in the early 90s at a youth summer theater camp. And uh, even we were surprised at the audience's response to it. We're like, oh, is, is this that? Is this funny? Is this good? Really? Okay.
0: Did you play the um, Ros Russell part?
1: Uh, <clears throat> I was supposed to play the Ros Russell part. But it turns out there was a young lady whose mother, I'm fairly sure, was sleeping with the director. Mm. So instead, I played the cop that <clears throat> sings... The Irish tenor lead uh, of the song, My Darling Eileen, where uh, it's, it, I, I won't even go into it. Anyway, that's just throwing that out there. That wonderful town is a fun show. And I do love Anything Goes, straight up Cole Porter. Yeah, take out the Asian stereotypes of Ching and Ling. You, you got a decent show. Um, Annie, get your gun, remove the native people out of it. Uh, And you don't have a show anymore. So that knocks that out of the running.
0: Did a middle school production of any get your gun as well.
1: I did a high school. I didn't. That was my first musical I ever did. Sophomore year in high school.
0: Oh, they send you the actual fucking score. And Irving Berlin wrote on the black keys. So you're (laughs) handing middle school orchestra kids shit with like eight flats in it, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the key of D flat. It's like, no, what is Ugh. wrong with
0: you? <laughs> <laughs> My friend Emma played the oboe in the orchestra. And she's like, it's you, first that you're seeing it's hard enough, but you're seeing like a legit Broadway score laid out in front of you. And it's like you've got 87 bars of rest <laughs> until <laughs> you just go do do do. And you're like, I lost count. And, better- <laughs> yeah. um, and she's like, I don't know where I am. So uh, why would my middle school choose such huge shows to do? Like Annie, get your gun and the sound of fucking music.
1: Was, I mean, mm. Wow. Just a lot of chorus. There's we a lot didn't of chorus have
0: the chorus. talent. I'll tell you that. It wasn't <laughs> like it was like it wasn't like he was like, oh, let me cast this show with the talent I've got. No, he was like, <laughs> mm.
1: Oof. Not every child can be you, Matthew. Let's be real.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank God.
1: Well, I think that's uh, going to wrap up our Ask Us Anything show. I want to thank the Tutti Fruities for submitting these questions. And uh, it's, uh, this was fun. This was a nice little diversion as opposed to having to synopsize a show. Uh, next week, we're going to do something similar, Matthew. But this time, we are going to tackle the Mondays with Mindy 20 questions. Hmm. Okay. There's your cliffhanger, kids. Uh, In the meantime, thank you so much, as always, for listening to the show. We look forward to having you back next week. And remember, do you want to say it, Matthew? What, the facts of life are all about you? Yes.
0: Oh, facts of life are all about you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> maybe maybe give a pause and then we'll they'll, let's give the pause for the music to come in maybe that's what was missing in that performance okay, okay. and uh, thank you so much for listening and remember okay
0: too long. too long oh okay the facts of life are all about you facts facts of life are all about you oh it's like you gave the line reading to Kim Fields no still
1: Mm. I'm turning the microphone off Thank God
0: <laughs> Let's Face the Facts was created Produced, written, hosted And edited by the wonderful David Almeida Our theme song was beautifully arranged And recorded by Ned Wilkinson Please visit facethefactspod.com For supplemental photos And videos Links to social media And ways that you can support the show And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. This is Matthew Arder saying tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts.